Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. This is Chelsea, and I want you to create a happy family. I use my background in Western and Eastern medicine, birth, and ancient yogic practices to help the modern mother learn how to live a healthier life and create conscious children. This is your guide to fertility, conception, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and the early childhood years. Are you ready to live the life of your dreams? Hi, welcome back to a Mystical Motherhood bonus podcast on infertility. I work as a nurse practitioner within a fertility center, and I really want to address all the stress that women go through in the process of becoming pregnant. I want to talk you through what it would look like if you actually went into a fertility center to have advice or to be treated for any infertility. And I want you to leave with a better understanding of the process that you'd go through and some of the main factors that happen within the body that can cause infertility, such as PCOS, fibroids, any medical issues. And then I want you to to leave feeling less stressed about this approach to becoming pregnant. I hope you enjoy this episode. So the first thing I want to discuss with all of you is the fact that on a personal level, what I tell all of my clients is I don't care how your baby is conceived. I mean, I do. I want it to be as conscious as possible in my book, Mystical Motherhood. And in my new book, Fertile, I focus on teaching women how to become as conscious they can during conception. But for a lot of women, based on age or if they're dealing with PCOS or they have fibroids or they have amenorrhea, which they don't have their period or they don't have, they have too much weight, they are actually don't weigh enough. All of these, these things can affect fertility within their body. And particularly as women age, um, at, at the, starting at the age around 35, science says, our eggs reduce in quantity and in quality. So a lot of times women are trying to become pregnant around the age of 40 because they were working and having a life and, or even up to age 49, up to age 50. And so when they're at that moment, as you're getting older, and if you're trying to have a baby, it can be incredibly frustrating because we have a programmed understanding how babies come to this world with a man and a woman coming together. It should work this way, but a lot of things can get become a barrier to that, which is where we're going to go into some of the details. And if you're one of these women that is trying really hard to have a baby and you don't understand why it's not happening and you think it's supposed to happen a certain way and your level of control is just contorting and stressing you out and you're doing everything, you're doing acupuncture, you're eating right, you're um, trying to control your stress level, you're going um, to the doctor, you've even tried Clomid three times. There's a lot of different routes you can take and you just want to get pregnant with your husband and then the sex becomes unintimate and very stressed out. I know a lot of you are saying, oh, yeah, I know a friend like that, or that sounds like me. So I want to go back to the beginning. Mystical motherhood is all about creating conscious children. If you conceive a child under that amount of stress, 
that child is going to be ultimately affected by that level of stress within your body because it will be held there. So if you're having a lot of problems becoming pregnant and you're super frustrated and you don't know what to do, I want to, and you're thinking you might want to go to a fertility center and be tested, I want to relieve some of that fear around the fertility center and actually going. And I want to take you through the process of what they would ask you and the different options you would be offered so that you can reduce any fear around IVF or around IUI and let go of the belief system that a baby has to, you know, be conceived in a certain way. Because if it's more about the conscious act, I mean, in this day and age, we have to realize that science and technology is a part of our planet, and it's integrated into our lives on, an, on another level. And science and technology in an infertility center is what runs it. It's the base, and Western medicine is the base of, of the fertility center. So if we're going to have babies that way, we have to create consciousness within us in order to almost create, we can still create conscious children by having a baby via IVF, by having a baby with um, insemination. So let me begin with some of the issues that may cause infertility. So if you're less than age 35 and you've been trying for over a year, you should probably seek help. Um, If you're over the age of 35 and you've been trying for something like six months consistently, you should also seek help. Uh, I don't recommend going directly to an OBGYN if you want to have a baby. I recommend going to see a fertility specialist and researching it on Yelp of who's going to be kind and open-minded and listen and really get to down to why you're not having a baby and what's going on with your body. And hopefully in that year or those six months, you are doing everything possible to clear yourself on a mind, body, and emotional level. Everything I talk about in Mystical Motherhood podcast and in the book. So that's getting your diet right, making sure that you're at the the healthiest weight you can be, doing stress relieving activities like um, working out, um, meditation, acupuncture. All of that shouldn't be started the minute you want to have a baby. It's really should, it ideally should be started before you're trying to have a baby so that your body's prepared to conceive in a healthy way. Under the circumstances that you need to start and you start late, just begin and don't get mad at yourself. Make those life changes, which can be found in Mystical Motherhood, available on Amazon and will be Also available in my new book, Fertile, coming out this summer, 2019. So once you have this basis for what your, you know, your life should, you know, be balanced and you should have an internal balance inside via food, thoughts, emotions, let's say you're doing everything. You're doing all that. It's not working. So I'm going to go through a few of the things that could be you know, the, 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 a lot of the issues that I see a lot of my clients have and that also on a personal level and then also issues I see within the fertility clinic that are the most common reasons for infertility. So one of them is am- amenorrhea. So this is diagnosed as six months or longer without amenses, um, according to most sources. So it can be caused by hormonal disturbances, physical de- damage, or actually obstruction of the flow of the menses. 
This can also be caused by, you know, if you're pregnant, if you've had surgery, trauma, can be caused by infection occasionally, thyroid issues can also cause this. If you're suffering from PCOS, which we'll go into in more detail, that can that can um, significantly affect, affect your menstrual cycle and exercise, stress, and food amount. So a lot of time, if you're not having a period, you may not consciously be aware of it, but you are not. You might be exercising too much. You're, you have to look at your BMI. Your BMI ultimately, if you want to have a baby, they recommend it to be above 23. If your BMI is typically low, you'll probably be fine, but you really have to look at, am I eating enough? Is my body filled with, filled with enough nutrients? And if it's not, you may need to go see a professional. Another issue that often causes infertility in women is something called PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And in reality, it has nothing to do with cysts being in your ovaries. It was just labeled that years ago because that's what they thought it was. And what it really is, is an increased number of resting egg follicles that do not ovulate. And so you can think of all of the eggs as being in elementary school and none of them actually graduate onto high school. So there's just an abundance of eggs within your ovaries that are not actually, one should ovulate every single month and it's just not happening. So they, you'll, if you're going into the doctor for that, some of the questions they're going to ask you is, you know, what they're going to look for is, are you having a period? How often do you have a period and, you know, are you, what's your, what's the bleeding like? A lot of women who have PCOS don't have their periods and a lot, most of them don't ovulate. So if you're trying to get pregnant and you have this, you're not, you might not be ovulating. So they're also going to want to look at your clinical or, and biochemical testosterone levels because the high, the high testosterone can often cause you to have lots of hairs all over your body. So if you have an abundance of hairs on your chest, on your neck, on your arms, in different places, that could be one sign that you actually do have PCOS. Women who suffer from PCOS are typically obese, usually about 50 to 70%. And so if you have any of these symptoms, you may want to have yourself checked out. And because of the obesity, um, PCOS patients often have insulin resistance. Another common issue with fertility is fibroids. And these are benign tumors or muscular fibrous tissues held within your uterus. Typically can block the passageway for you to actually become pregnant, causes issues with implantation. So if you're experiencing any excessive bleeding, um, if you have any pain that's not related to your menstrual cycle that is non-cyclical, um, you may want to go into the doctor. Just so you know, if you do get pregnant with fibroids, just as a side note, 80% of the time they remain the same size, but if they're really big and they're causing restriction or obstruction, your doctor may want to reduce the fibroids um, in your body. Another issue for infertility is endometriosis, and this is the presence of endo functioning endometrial glands or what they call stroma outside in other locations within the uterine cavity. So if you're having any symptoms like significant bleeding, heavy bleeding, women often say it, it's the color of brown. Um, it's really 
dark? Um, do you have any pain with intercourse? Do you have any pelvic pain? And how, you know, um, how long have you been having this? So general pelvic pain, heavy, heavy bleeding and pain with intercourses are some, is some of the most common reasons for endometriosis. And you may be trying to get pregnant for a really long time and not know that this is even an issue that you may even have this. So, um, if you are a good doctor would have you tested with, to have a laparoscopy, um, so that they would have to take a sample to see if you actually have this within you because it's really hard to see endometriosis just with a transvaginal ultrasound, which is what they typically do at a visit. So if, let's say you decide to go, so those are just some of the issues that m just come up. There's other things that can come up, and this can also be you know, social and cultural, such as not having sex at the right time when you're trying to become pregnant, not knowing when you're ovulating, having periods that are too far apart and too close together um, that are completely irregular and trying to get your cycle to a point that, that you can actually conceive and know when you're ovulating. That's a huge issue for many women. So let's say you actually have to go to a fertility doctor and you don't know what they're going to say and you don't know what they're going to do and you're thinking they're just going to push me into doing, you know, in vitro fertilization or I don't want to have a baby unnaturally. I just want you to know what they're going to test for and why you would, if you do take Clomid, why you'd want to take it with a fertility specialist rather than an OBGYN. And I highly recommend you do that because uh, fertility specialists, they will monitor your cycles, probably increasing the rate that you'd get pregnant with in, um, intrauterine insemination. So when you go in and you are being asked questions, you're, they're going to want to know about your partner too, if you have a partner, and they're going to want to know about your family. So the first thing they're going to ask you is, does your family have a history of endometriosis, abortions, any? They may ask when your mom started menopause and when she had you, and if she had any issues having you. So they're, they're going to want to know your past medical history. Do you have any infections? Do you have a history of pelvic inflammatory disease? Have you had STDs? Any surgeries that you've had? They're also going to ask about your social history. So you have to be honest about whether or not you drink, if you do any drugs, anything, if you smoke cigarettes, that's a huge issue with fertility. If you've ever been pregnant, if you've had any abortions, things like that, and why you lost those abortions. Were they missed abortions or, or were they spontaneous, I mean, were they spontaneous abortions or were they planned? Because, and they also want to know if you've had babies, if you've had a C-section, because the C-section scar can affect the next pregnancy in some cases. You'll have to provide them with a history of your cycles. So a normal cycle is around 24 to 35 days. And some women, I don't I think it's something like 15%, I may be wrong on that, have their cycle every 28 days, maybe more than 15. But that means, you know, they are ovulating on the 14th day with, and typically this happens with the moon. That's what I've seen. Might not be true for everyone. And then their flow, you know, continues 14 days later. So they'll ask about if it's heavy, if you have cramping, and they'll also want to know about your sexual, you know, if you're happy with your partner and if you are making love. Some of the labs they're going to test are prolactin, 
Um, they want to ch- test your thyroid. They might even want to test your um, hemoglobin H1, A- A1C just to see if you have any signs um, of diabetes within your body or, you know, it may be rising. And one of the, some of the most important labs they're going to test is your menstrual labs. And they want to test the quality and quantity of your eggs. So on a lab level, they're going to ask you to come in on around day two to day three or four of your cycle to get a blood test of called FSH and estrogen. And going in on that day is, is important because it's going to give you a baseline of where you are, you know, where you are in your menstrual cycle and a baseline for them to follow your menstrual cycle labs. Another test they're going to ask for is AMH, and that is just going to show them how many eggs that you have within your uterus for your, or within your, within your ovaries for your age. And understanding these tests really puts you on a level compared to other women around their age of how fertile you are within your body. So knowing these lab results will give the them a really, really good idea of where to take you from there. So they may also want to have you do a test called an HSG, which is in the insertion of some fluid through the cervix. It's not very comfortable, but it may be necessary to make sure that your fallopian tubes are actually clear. So when you become pregnant, the sperm will, will go in up into the cervix. They'll catch onto the mucus. So that's why you have to be ovulating because they actually have to, you know, catch on to something in, or they'll just, it will just fall out of your vaginal canal. And then through the mucus, they attach and maybe one sperm will make it into that one egg that drops. But they ha- that sperm has to f- swim all the way up through your uterus and into your fallopian tube and actually make it into there. And then that egg has to be chromosomally normal. So it has to have... 23 chromosomes and 23 chromosomes on each side in order to go through meiosis and then become an embryo and then turn eventually into a fetus, right? With a healthy placental sac. So all of this has to happen and it's magic. It takes a healthy mom and dad to create a healthy baby. So knowing if your fallopian tubes are clear on both sides through an HSG test will allow, will know if if you can actually get pregnant with sperm going in up to the tube. In the case that they're closed, which could be caused by cl- some, something like chlamydia, ectopic pregnancies from the past, um, any damage to the tubes like endometriosis, anything that blocks those tubes, your fallopian tubes, um, can be a reason that you would want to get IVF and not even try for insemination. Your fertility specialist is going to want to check all of your labs to make sure that you're vaccinated. And he or she is also going to want to make sure that you don't have any history of sexually transmitted diseases. That's all good to know. They're also going to check any sexually transmitted diseases for your partner, and they're going to want to do a semen analysis. And a semen analysis is going to look at the motility rate, the concentration, the volume, and the actual shape of the sperm. So this is a huge, huge issue. Fertility isn't just the woman's problem. 
it is about 40% the woman, 40% the man, and then 10% of the combination if you're to the point you're hitting a fertility specialist. That's what's going on. So a lot of women take on this battle alone and they don't really they don't really realize that it takes a team. And so he's going to have to provide a um, sample. He can do this at home in some clinics, but he'll have to get it into the clinic within the lab within an hour because the sperm will die if they're not in the right temperature. Sometimes he'll need to do it twice because the first result didn't give, you know, an accurate representation. So in the case that sperm aren't motile, you might want to do something called an IUI, which is or an OI with an IUI, which is an ovulation induction with an intrauterine insemination. And what they would do at the fertility clinic is they'd prescribe you Clomid or Letrozole. And these two drugs help you to grow follicles and eggs, I guess. Just imagine that you'll be growing more follicles within your ovaries. And so you'll, you'll, your ovulation will be monitored by doctors and by um, the team at your fertility center so that they know when you're going to ovulate. So you'll be put on Clomid and then you'll go in for monitoring, which is done through the vaginal canal. And they're going to look at both of your ovaries, you know, every couple of days. And they're going to look at the size of the follicles and they're going to time it. And then you're going to have to take a shot. And about 36 hours later, you'll go into the clinic and they will insert your partner's sperm into your cervix. And what this does is it shortens the passageway that the sperm have to travel. So rather than starting from the bottom of the bottom of the vaginal or in the vaginal canal up through the cervix, they get a head start. And in a lot of times that's all a woman needs to become pregnant. And if you actually don't have a partner, you can also get donor sperm to do this. It just it shortens the passageway of the sperm in the case of having healthy sperm and a healthy egg. That can work for some women. Other women, because of all the other issues we talked about and also age, require IVF, which is invert, um, in vitro fertilization. And there's different ways to go about this. You can use a donor egg, which means you can pick a woman, usually, usually a woman that's below the age of 31, and utilize her egg in your actual body. If, on the other hand, your eggs are healthy enough, and that would be determined by uh, a few things, mostly by what we talked about before, the AMH level, which is the blood they're going on the blood tests, or your FSH level combined with how many actual follicles they see when they do a transvaginal ultrasound and how long you've been trying. And they take all of these things in consideration, your history, your family's history, um, any other issues you've had with other children, you know, perhaps on, on a chromosomal level. They'll take this all into perspective. And they may recommend that they that you move on with IVF using your own eggs. So typically, even if you're moving on with IVF, in any case you're using a donor egg or your own egg, typically you would have tried intrauterine insemination at least three times. Often this has to be done because of insurance reasons um, for some cases, and 
some women just want to try it. And this can be done three times even, even more using Clomid or Letrozole. This is not for everyone, but in some cases. Then if that doesn't work, you may want to move on to the next steps of IVF. So if you were to t use your own eggs with IVF, a, they would do a process of using medications to help you create a boost, boost your follicles so that you have more eggs produced and you would go under anesthesia and they would remove these eggs from your follicles. These eggs would then be fertilized within um, the center and would become embryos. The team would then look at the embryos and see which one actually begins to divide. You want to have healthy cells, so 23 chromosomes from the sperm and 23 chromosomes from the egg. And you can actually get these genetically tested. And you will also be encouraged to be genetically tested too. So that's a whole, that will be done with your blood panels in the beginning. But you can choose to get each of these genetically tested. It does cost more money, but in some cases it makes a lot of sense. If you want to have a, a lot of babies and, or a lot more babies and you want to, let's say on the chance that you have four good embryos that could be transferred into your uterus at some point for implantation. You'd want to know which one has the best chromosomes because there is a chance if you have four eggs, only one of them is a healthy, a healthy embryo. So a lot of people opt out of doing the genetic testing, but if you have the finances and, and you have a concern and you want it to work, it would increase your chances of transferring a healthy embryo into your uterus because you'd know what if there's any chromosomal issues with it. And you'll also know if the embryo is a boy or a girl. So that's another bonus. If you're trying to create a family with a balanced, you know, boys and girls, or you don't want another boy, if you're already going through the process and you're deemed infertile, some doctors at, at some points can allow you to do that if it's um, not any issues with ethical reasons. I believe I've covered a lot of things about as just in within 20 minutes about what you can expect from, you know, speaking with a fertility specialist or, and taking these steps to become pregnant this way. I want to reiterate for all the women out there that are completely stressed out and trying to become pregnant and doing everything possible and and still not getting pregnant. If you want to have a baby and you're so, and you have done everything, or you go into these categories where you're over the age of 35 and have been trying for more than six months, or you have been trying for more than a year and you're below the age of 35 and you're, and you're doing everything, don't skip it. Don't wait. Just go and talk to somebody and get these labs done and know that it, in, in my personal opinion, if you want a baby, at least create the environment within your body that your body is less stressed out. However, that baby, however you bring a baby to earth, it doesn't matter. What matters is how you're programming that baby while you're pregnant. So if you can go into this without that kind of stress around how this baby is coming and all the belief systems that society puts on us of it has to look this way. And this also comes from all these women in the news that are 
older, you know, 45 famous actresses that are pregnant with twins and how did they get pregnant? Well, guess what? It was a donor egg. It's not their baby. And so we, there's a taboo and an emotional embarrassment that women face with infertility that's creating an incredible amount of internal stress and vulnerability within the feminine population. And this is also transferred in as a labor and delivery nurse. I saw this too within the clinic where if a woman didn't have a natural birth or if they had or if they couldn't breastfeed um, for any reasons, or they ended up, you know, not wanting to breastfeed. There's so many reasons that women constantly put themselves down and make themselves feel worse about motherhood. And it's got to stop because it's, we're just playing into our own neurotic tendencies and need to control when we just have to let go. If you want a baby, take all the steps possible to, to, to make that happen in a healthy way and find a specialist that can help you. If you're, if you're facing these kinds of physical, you know, limitations and do all the spiritual work, mystical motherhood's all about the spiritual work, but I also understand the practical Western medical perspective. And I appreciate science and you should too. So if you had a trauma, any of if this category, if you're in any of these categories of having a traumatic birth or not getting the birth you want or not breastfeeding or breastfeeding and then getting slandered for it in public, all these different things, it, it's like we all have to get together and just forgive ourselves and do it the way that works for us without creating more stress on top of, you know, what we already are dealing with in life. So if you have any questions about fertility, about if you know someone who's trying to get pregnant and they're so embarrassed and they wouldn't want to tell you that they had to go to fertility specialist, or call me, write into mysticalmotherhood.com, purchase Mystical Motherhood, the book on Amazon. It has a lot of meditations and just ideas or, you know, a guidebook around pregnancy and birth and conscious conception. And you can still have, do IVF and intrauterine insemination consciously. It's all an internal, an internal world. It's, it's just your internal world with done with compassion and love and creating that internal environment for that baby to grow that for the programming. So Please, again, if you have any questions, write into mysticalmotherhood.com or leave a review. And I look forward to you coming back to this podcast. If it helped, please share it with another woman or a man. Thanks. Have a nice day.